Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Dylan James, and alongside me as always is JT Taylor. JT, how was your trip to Texas? It was good, Dylan. Had a good time and uh, had a good time with my mom and the weather was very hot and warm. We got to try some German food in Fredericksburg, got to get some Texas filet in San Antonio, and had a good time in Austin. So overall, the trip was really nice. How good. was your week, Dylan? It was good. It was good. Um, I actually went to Gainesville today. Actually, last night I went to Gainesville. Uh, we moved in my girlfriend's brother to his new apartment because he's starting his third year at University of Florida, which is fun. So even though I hate the swamp, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a Tennessee fan, so I have to hate the swamp. Of course, of course. But I'm going back there on September 16th for the Tennessee versus Florida game, which can be fantastic because we're going to win. So it'll be the first time we've won in Florida in 12 years, if we win. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. I know John Cameron's not, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. By a week before that, though, it's been really busy, just been working. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to this show. Looking forward to seeing your face again, JT. It's good to see you too, Dylan. <laughs> and so, on that note, yes, let's get to it. Let's get to the news. <laughs> All right, so let's start off with the NFL. Um, preseason happened last week. Our Tennessee Titans fell to the Jets 7-3. to What were some of the things that stuck out to you during that game, JT? Well, Dylan, I didn't get a chance to, to watch the game, but from everything I've, I've read, you know, uh, Marcus Mariota, he only played two series in that game. So, you know, obviously you want to keep him healthy, not risking him injured in an unnecessary game. Um, Tanya, the, the back of quarter, did pretty good. He had 132 passing yards. And uh, the running back, uh, Juddy, had 53 yards, no touchdowns. So the Titans were pretty quiet for most of that game against the, the Jets. But the Titans, you know, I think it's, they're just focused on just making improvements, making improvements um, as the weeks go by for this, the preseason. I think so, too. I think that um, our secondary needs to have a little bit more work. Logan Ryan looked like he was beat several times deep, and that's not the thing that we want him for. We want him to cover a wide receiver, a number one wide receiver. And so coming from the Patriots, we thought more of him. And in week one in the preseason, he didn't do that well against the wide receiver. So hopefully he does better. Hopefully that was just a fluke. You know, hopefully our secondary is stellar this season and it's night and day between last year and this year. But, you know, there is cause for concern in the backfield still for the Tennessee Titans. I wouldn't be worried about the offense. We weren't that on it uh, that night against the Jets, but the Jets have a good defense. So I, I can't wait to see what happens with the Titans this week. But with the Jets, don't worry about it. It was just a fluke week, I think. And moving on to this week in the preseason, um, the Ravens and Dolphins already played. Uh, Vikings and Seahawks are playing tonight. tonight. Mm-hmm. Buccaneers, Jags played last night, and Bills and Eagles played yesterday as well. Um, did you watch any of those games, JT? Uh, I didn't watch any games. The only preseason game I got to watch was the the Dolphins Bills game last. That week. was last week. Okay. Because that was actually on TV before I left here in Florida. Gotcha, so gotcha. I got to watch that game. Um, they'll, you had some pretty good games to catch on NFL Network on Saturday. Tomorrow, they'll have the Colts and Cowboys. That's on NFL Network. So I'll probably definitely watch that game, see how that game turns out. Um, the Titans, of course, we play the Panthers. That's also on NFL Network. So we'll get a chance to catch that as well. Steelers and Falcons, that's on Sunday. And then the Saints and the Chargers. Maybe you might see AP, Adrian Pearson. 
Uh, I don't think he played the last game, but he'll probably get some reps in this game against the yeah. Chargers because the Chargers got lit up this past week against the Seahawks. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So and um, also, Jay Cutler made his debut with the Dolphins this yes, past week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't do that well. It wasn't really stunning on paper. I think it was like three for six, twenty-four yards passing, no touchdowns. Maybe an interception? I'm not really sure. I don't know if he got through an interception or not. But his numbers didn't look that good um, on paper. So They were better than Blake Bortles, though. <laughs> way better than Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. We'll talk about him later. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. But, um, yeah, so Jay Cutler made his debut in Miami. If you're a Miami fan right now, would you be concerned with the quarterback position after seeing Jay Cutler play the way he did this past week? I think for Miami, it's not much of a concern right now. You just want Jay Cutler just to get some reps, get him – because, you know, he hasn't thrown a ball in, like, what, six months? He's cause He's been prepping with Fox Sports for broadcasting. So I think if you're a Dolphins fan, you just give him every chance he can get to try to give him some reps, get him going, get him ready for week one because that's when you really need him. And hopefully he'll stay healthy and keep the Dolphins competitive in the AFC East because someone's got to give the Patriots a run for their money. Somebody's got to. And we know it's not a Jets and the Bills. No. and uh, But to give Jay Cutler some credit, he did not throw an interception. I, you know, I was thinking that. I was thinking he did, but he did not. So that's a good thing. He was three for six, 24 yards passing, which is good. On the flip side of that, in Baltimore, they were looking at possibly getting a backup quarterback because, as we know, Joe Flacco's not going to play until at least week one. If not longer than that, he might be out. So Ryan Mallett played in his place, and Ryan Mallett actually had pretty good numbers against a very stout defense in Miami. He was 13 for 22 for 113 yards, one touchdown. He did have two interceptions, however, but... I mean, his numbers aren't looking bad either. So, do you think the Baltimore Ravens are still looking at Colin Kaepernick as a possible a possible uh, replacement for Joe Flacco in the meantime? I think the Ravens have kind of moved on from Colin Kaepernick. To be honest, I, we haven't heard much news about him this week in the like the week before. So, uh, Ryan Mal, he had a strong um, game the other uh, last night um, against the Dolphins. So, I think. Ryan Mallett, he's, he's been a pro back. Remember, he was with the Patriots. He was with the Texans. So he's been around the league for quite some time. And Joe Flacco, we know he's going to probably miss a few games. But I think the Ravens are just going to stick it out. And for Colin Kaepernick, he's just going to have to keep looking for a home. But we we think some quarterbacks are going to go down. We don't know who yet, but someone's going to go down. Like maybe what's going on in Jacksonville. And I think Colin Kaepernick, he's going to get a shot somewhere this season. I just don't know where right now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Florida and speaking of Tampa Bay and Jacksonville, they played last night. and Yes, they did. Needless to say, it was a very poor performance on both sides. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did look better, but you know both teams were not on their A game last night. Jacksonville... Had atrocious numbers when it came to the quarterback position, although Brandon Allen did have, he was the bright spot in the quarterback position last night, which we'll get to that in just a minute. But speaking of Blake Bortles, I mean, I don't know why Jacksonville thinks that he is their quarterback of the future. I mean, he's had, what, three years now? This is his third year, fourth year coming in? That they've given him a shot. So many times they've given him a shot. And he just keeps falling flat on his face. He was 8 for 13 for 65 yards last night, starting. So, you know, and then they have Chad Henney as the backup, 6 for 10 for 44 yards. But then Brandon Allen came out, although he was playing against third string. I will give him that because, you know, that that's not the best competition to play against. But he was 10 for 15 for 144 yards and a touchdown. So he had better numbers than both quarterbacks combined last night. 
Yep. So what do you think is going to happen with the Jacksonville situation when it comes to the quarterback position? Do you think that the Colin Kaepernick is actually a viable option for Jacksonville right now, or do you think they're going to stick with what they have? Colin Kaepernick, to me, is only going to be an option if one of their quarterbacks gets injured, just in my opinion. But Blake Bortles, like you said, if he, if he doesn't step it up, he's going to be on the bench on week one. And, you know, Chad Henney, he didn't do much to improve his stock. But Chad Henney, I can't remember when was the last time. What, when he was in Arizona? That's probably the last time I can give would Or maybe with the Dolphins? This is the last time he was... He was with the Dolphins before that. Yeah, that's right. Doing good. So, you know, I don't know. And and uh, Allen had a good, pretty good night. But, you know, it's just one game. You know, we got to see how it goes the rest of the preseason. So, it's... A little too early the panic, the panic button, but let's give it a couple more games. If they still don't sort it out, Jacksonville got to do something. Doug Marone did come out today and say that they he does not have a designated starter uh, for Week One, which he said the position's up in the air still. Which, if I were him, it would be as well because all three quarterbacks need to do better. Brandon Allen did play the best last night, and that's very very sad to think that your third string quarterback had a more solid night than your starter and your backup. So. Brandon Allen does deserve some. He does. He deserves credit from last night. He had he had a very stellar game um, compared to his other cohorts, and I think that he should have a shot at the starting quarterback position there. Um, maybe he's one of those players that just comes in under the radar, which that would be a good thing for Jacksonville to have a, a player like that. But you know, Blake Bortles, I think he should be done as a starter. He's had so many opportunities, he just cannot capitalize on his opportunities and last night he just fell flat on his face I think it's awful uh, Chad Henney he's just gonna be there I mean he he didn't do anything bad to where he gave up a t- he gave up like an interception or anything like that so Chad Henney can stay a backup in the league I think he's he's a good enough player to do that to be a veteran presence on the on the bench but you know Blake Bortles needs to learn a few things from his third-string quarterback there in Jacksonville. Uh, moving on to Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston played last night. He was 21 of 29 for 196 yards. Um, no touchdowns or interceptions, which, I mean, that's a solid night for him. Ryan Fitzpatrick was in relief of Jameis Winston, 6 for 9, 47 yards and one interception during the game. So um, it was interesting in the last two minutes of the game. It was 6 to 12, I think it was, and um, it just didn't get any better than that. They got a safety because they were going to punt the ball at the one-yard line, but they decided just to run it out of bounds. So um, in Jacksonville's favor, they did get a safety in that situation, but they just couldn't put anything together on fourth and one. He tried to do a fade route to the end zone. Brandon Allen did, and uh, the wide receiver just didn't come up with it. So, Yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks did have some drama even before this game with their kicker situation, as before the game they had decided to cut former Florida State kicker Roberto Aguayo um, in their opener last week, he had missed a field goal and the extra points, uh, which basically cost him his job. So what the Bucks did was they gave a job to Nick Folk. So Nick Folk played last night, and guess what happened, Dylan? He also missed an extra point and a 47-yard field goal, and the coach for the Bucks is just sitting there shaking his head like, we got a problem. I don't have a kicker. Someone gave me a kicker that can kick field goals. Yeah, I mean... They, they, so Tampa Bay got to figure that out, too. He was the number one kicker in college football his senior year. Uh, senior year? Was yeah, he a senior? Yeah. I think it went to senior year. Mm-hmm. His senior year, he was the number one kicker in college football. So why do you cut him after being on your team for one year? 
Yeah, remember they, they everyone was making fun of the Bucks because they used a second round pick on him. Yeah, on a kicker. But then they should be making fun of Chicago as well. Chicago picked him up on waivers, yep. so they'll have to pay him a second round pick salary. Mm-hmm. It's it's mind boggling. But you know, uh, Chicago being Chicago, Tampa Bay being Tampa Bay, hopefully it doesn't bite him in the butt um, this season because Tampa Bay looks like they can be a playoff contender. Uh, Later on this season, I think they could do some really good things in the league because James Winston, how he's matured at the position, and they have some good players on that team. So we'll see what happens with Tampa Bay. But yeah, that that kicker situation is an awful one in Tampa Bay. And Jacksonville, they missed a, a, an extra point as well. So mm-hmm. they need to do something. Do something about that. Come on, kickers. All right, Dylan. Honestly, some league news. So there was a trade that happened this past week. Uh, the Bills sent Sammy Watkins to the L.A. Chargers for a 2018 six-round pick and cornerback uh, C.J. Gaines. Um, the Bills also, that's who they got back. And then the Bills also acquired Jordan Matthews and a 2018 third-round pick from the Philadelphia Eagles, and they sent them their cornerback, Ronald Darby, to the Eagles. And, of course, the league news as the situation with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, the league came out and announced that they were going to suspend the Dallas Cowboys running back six games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. And Ezekiel Elliott, he has uh, is currently appealing his suspension. And Dylan, I believe you say it's August 29th. When yep. We might hear something about that. Yes, August 29th is the appeal. Um, so they'll hear the appeal on August 29th, and we'll go from there to see what happens with that. But first of all, going back to the Bills situation where they're mm. trading and stuff that we even talked about last week, they signed, they signed Anquan, Anquan Bolden. Bolden yep. We were thinking that was going to be a depth move. However, mm. it looks like now that I think he'll be higher up in the depth chart now because Sammy Watkins is gone. Yep. So it looks like the Anquan Bolden will probably get more reps this season, which is a good thing because he's he's a very, very good wide receiver. Jordan Matthews played very well for the Philadelphia Eagles um, earlier in his career. So maybe there's a spark there for Buffalo to get him back to where he was before. But, I mean, I don't know what's – I mean, the Bills are definitely cleaning house. They're making it to where – um, it is a completely different team than what it was before. So, you know, I'm I'm surprised Tyrod Taylor is still the quarterback there because, you know, that's a new head coach, new at new, um, everything it seems like in Buffalo. So it's, it's interesting to see that there are some pieces staying, but some pieces going. And um, we'll see if it, you know, happens this season to where they're a better team and they can actually challenge the New England Patriots or the Miami Dolphins this season. But going to Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion... Seeing some pictures that TMZ has posted about his girlfriend who got who got beat up and and th- there are pictures of her with bruises and everything like that, uh-huh. I-, I think there's enough evidence there to where this suspension will hold. I you know I, it's somebody was comparing on online um, about the kicker who who beat his wife um, several times, but you know got got off scot free essentially from the league. But then you see this. Oh no, he he. I think he had a one-game suspension, two-game suspension, or something. But then Ezekiel Elliott, you know, when he violates this player player conduct or whatever, he gets six-game suspension. Um, you know, Roger Goodell over the past few years, he has decided to crack down on these situations. And this is one of the things that he's going to crack down. He's going to make it look like he is the tough guy in this situation, which he needs to. Uh, you know, if he does this... Unless you're Tom Brady. Unless you're Tom Brady, which we all see how that happened yeah. and how that went down, and it did not go down in Roger Goodell's favor. Yeah, but you know, hopefully, with situations like this, other players will see this and say, "You know what? I want to stay on the football field. I don't want to get suspended for six games and lose out on that money. So I'm going to do my best 
to stay in protocol when it comes to the player player conduct, misconduct or whatever. Um, those those policies that they have set in place for the NFL and just play my game. And that's what needs to happen. And I hopefully, hopefully, um, a situation like this will you know, strike the conversation up in the league. JT, what's your opinion on this? No, I agree with you, Dylan. Uh, I think for Ezekiel Elliott, like you mentioned that thing with TMZ, like I said, all the NFL's got to do is find a video. And if TMZ is sending the video and stuff like that, of that stuff going down, then I agree with you that the six-game suspension can uphold uh, the Cowboys. I don't know. I was talking to my mom about this when I was in Texas weekend. I was like, you know what's funny, Mom? Like, when Roger Goodell was going through that situation with Ray Rice a couple years ago and everyone was calling for his head, who were the two owners that stuck up for Roger Goodell and for him not to get fired? Jerry Jones for the Dallas Cowboys and Rob Kraft for the uh, New England Patriots. And then what does Roger Goodell do? Last year, he spends Tom Brady four games. And, of course, he got the last word winning the Super Bowl. And now this year, he's spending Ezekiel Elliott, who's the Cowboys' top running back, and Jerry Jones is, like, flipping out. So it's just crazy how two owners who stuck by Roger Goodell through all this, and now he's kind of giving it back. Okay, I got to suspend your best players. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I, I told you last week that right with with Jerry Jones and, and the Cowboys and also with Jeff Fisher when he was with the Rams, they love these kind of players. They love these players that actually get, on, get in trouble off the field to where they can fix them in the organization. They feel as though they can fix them. Des Bryant was one of those projects that the Dallas Cowboys had. But, you know, yeah, it's tough to see situations like this happen in the league. Hopefully they are going to be more few and far between uh, coming up in the next few years. But please don't let this be a trend in the league. I just want I, I to watch football. That's all I want to do. And I hope these guys understand that they're getting paid to play football. And you have a reputation to uphold to yourself and to the league you're playing for, to that shield that you see every day when you're going into the locker room. So hopefully things will calm down when it comes to those situations, but we'll have to see. Now moving on to some fantasy football. Uh, We're actually going to be having a league this year, and I've already created it on Yahoo Sports. I'm going to be posting on our Facebook page and our Twitter page too so you can get invited to the league. We only have a few slots. Um, I made it to where it's, I think it's a 12-team uh, team league, and there's going to be two divisions. So I lead one, and JT's going to lead the other. And we're going to see, one, who wins overall, and two, we're going to see whose division has the most points at the end of the season. So it's going to be a little competition there between me and JT and you guys as well. So you can join in. So uh, make sure to check out our Facebook page and our Twitter page, and we'll be posting that information very shortly, so you guys can join those leagues. So, moving on to some basketball news. JT, I'm going to let you start off with this one. Okay, so, apparently, LeVar Ball and Ice Cube were playing against each other in the recent Big 3 tournament. So, they had a, it was a four-point uh, competition between those guys. So, and everyone was talking about, you know, LeVar Ball. We saying, oh, I could beat Michael Jordan with one hand behind my back. And of course all this. you could. So, it's fine. That didn't apparently go very well against this because we're like, okay, so you say you can beat Michael Jordan, but you can't beat Ice Cube? Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. So that's what happened in L.A., apparently. So we'll see how that goes. Um, On to some NBA news. So the Boston Celtics, they announced that they will retire Paul Pierce's number 34 jersey up in the rafters this upcoming season. 
Um, earlier today, they didn't pick a month, but they announced it's going to be in February of next okay. year. Okay. Very good. Well, he deserves that. Paul mm-hmm. Pierce was a huge force with the Boston Celtics, um, and you know he definitely deserves all the recognition he he is getting with this retirement of his jersey. Because, like I said, he did a lot of stuff for the Boston Celtics as a team, as a city. He did a lot of stuff for Boston too. So, um, congratulations to Paul Pierce. He definitely deserves that honor um, for him in his career. No, I, I agree. And him coming out of Kansas, and he's been with the Celtics for like majority of his career and I remember when he led them to the, the championship um, for the first time like oh, many many years with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen yep. um, bringing Boston the Celtics back because they were bad for quite some time and he stuck with through them thin thin when everyone thought they were going to let him go or he was going to get traded somewhere and he, he he's a he's a, to me he's a Celtic he's there's a reason why I call him the truth because he is just a high class player and I know he's bouncing around different teams with the Nets and, and, and the Clippers, but to me it just makes perfect sense for him to retire as a Celtic. And I th- can see him going to the NBA Hall of Fame uh, down the road pretty pretty soon. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, moving on to some other news in the NBA. It released its health-friendly 2017-2018 regular season schedule um, in, the past, in the past few days. And so, you know, does it look like it's going to be better um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Better, better than last year's? Better than last year's, yeah. Okay. Well, the only thing we know on this schedule is the NBA says they'll have early starts. They announced there's going to be no four games in five days. And I know a lot of players complained about that. So that's definitely a good thing. And then for the All-Star break, normally the players get like three, four days. So now the NBA is going to give the players an entire week, a uh, week-long All-Star break. So I think that that's pretty good. And the season goes from October, we talked about it last week, but the season starts on October 17th. And, of course, we mentioned the Christmas Day games last week. And it's going to end on April 11th. So we'll have to see how the season plays long as the season starts when it starts in a couple months. But I think it's it's a good sign. And for teams like the Orlando Magic, it's nice. I mean, our home opener is against the, the Miami Heat on the 17th. So yeah. And then they're going to play my, my Spurs on the 27th. And hopefully we see that the players are actually enjoying the schedule too, this format of the schedule. Um, I want to see what their takeaway is from it once the season starts. We'll learn more at the very end of the season towards the the postseason to see if that will help them in any way. And also, uh, with teams wanting to go to the postseason, this might help them with rest too. This might help them to where star players don't sit out of games as often as they did last season and the past few seasons especially during national broadcast games exactly that happen quite frequently. and that was a that was a big problem last year and so hopefully this season that won't be a, as big of a problem because of the way they formatted the schedule I think that Adam Silver did a great job with this and hopefully it does play out well for the players and you know there should be a, a an exit survey for the players at the very end of the season just to see hey did this work for you did it not what can we tweak things like that because they need to learn how to make it a player friendly schedule by also making it a fan friendly schedule as well so hopefully it works and um, good luck to everybody playing in the NBA all right Dylan next we're going to talk about is your Memphis Grizzlies the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies they announced that they are planning to hire retired forward Tayshawn Prince to be he's gonna be named a special assistant to the Grizzlies general manager Chris Wallace and Tayshawn Prince he has still a career he's with the Detroit Pistons um, for quite some time and then he he went to the Grizzlies in 2013 and that year was a special year for the Grizzlies because he helped led that team to the Western Conference Finals that's awesome 
So that was really a big deal. Uh, he was there until January 2015. And then, of course, he was involved in a three-team tra- three team trade where he got sent to the Boston Celtics. And from a lot of people from around the league, they've been saying, uh, Tayshaun Prince, you know, he's he's a high-character player. Uh, he's a big influence in the locker room. And they think, the Grizzlies think that he's going to be a, a big plus on um, helping their front office as the Grizzlies have made some changes, you know, the past uh, a few months. Yeah. Good luck to them. I mean, good luck to Tayshaun Prince. Hopefully he does well with that role as a special assistant, and I hope that the Memphis Grizzlies can continue their success um, moving forward. All right, Dylan. Anything on basketball that's caught your mind before we transition to the hockey? I think that's pretty much it. I think I'm in the hockey mood now, so let's move on to the NHL. The Vegas Golden Knights announced their broadcasting team for TV and radio. Yes, the Vegas Golden Knights, they announced that Dave Gocher, uh, Shane Knighty, and Dan Diova, I hope I said that right, they are going to be part of their uh, broadcasting team for their very first inaugural season for the Vegas Golden Knights. So, in combined, they basically had like over 30 years of pro hockey broadcasting experience. Um, Gosher, he was with the he's the Boston Bruins a radio play by play, so that's what he did. Um, most recently, uh, Diova, he was in the American Hockey League for the Syracuse Crunch. So that's where he's coming from. And in Shane Knighty, I believe he was a former player, I believe. All right. I'm checking right now. Um, yes, he, he had played with National Predators. And oh, He had played okay. for the Atlanta Thrashers. I knew that year. name yep. sounded familiar to mm-hmm. me. Okay. So, yeah, that's going to be part of their broadcasting team. And in Vegas, uh, their owner, Foley, he's making a lot of big news with the Vegas Golden Knights. He wants them to be the team of the Rockies. I don't know how the Avalanche feel about that, but, but uh, he wants to try to get them, you know, in Idaho and Montana and, of course, Nevada and, you know, get their uh, region uh, brand out there for the Vegas Golden Knights. And they're focusing on, you know, trying to get the fan base growing and make a lot of money, a lot of excitement. And from what I'm hearing in Vegas, everyone's excited about the Vegas Golden Knights. So I know we're on the East Coast, so we may not get to see them too many games, but Maybe they, maybe we might see how it goes when they come to Tampa uh, yeah. sometime this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I'm very excited to see this new franchise team come into play, this expansion team come into play. Um, you know, they're they're starting off on a better foot than the Predators did whenever they came into the league because they actually have some solid players that are going to Vegas because a lot of players didn't want to come to Nashville at first, mm-hmm. and it's taken us you know this whole time that we've we've been a franchise. Now we're starting to go into our 20th season, so. Um, it's been a while for us. It took a while for us to get players to come to Nashville, but Vegas is already getting players there, and I'm excited to see what happens in Vegas. And it'll be interesting to see if when they play against Tampa Bay um, or a local team or the Florida Panthers. I mean, hopefully we can get out to a game to go see them play live. But it's really cool to to be here when history starts when it's, when they join a you know they bring a team on into the NHL and that's an exciting thing. So. It's really, really cool. Um, speaking of expansion teams, there might be an expansion team going to Kansas City for the NHL. Uh, I know there were some whispers uh, about possibly going to Seattle because Seattle has been looking for an NHL team. But what are you hearing about Kansas City? Well, this broke the last few days where I believe the NHL, we know Kansas City has an NHL caliber arena, the, the Sprint Center. They have they have a 17,000 fire uh, arena. So they have the arena that can play hockey, and they're playing a preseason game there since September. I don't know what day it is, but I know it's between the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild. I know those are the two teams playing 
in their arena next month. And Kansas City, I don't know if I could see it as an expansion option because Lamar Hunt Jr., he owns the Kansas City Mavericks, which is an ECHL hockey team in um, the ECHL. That's just like double A to uh, the you know NHL, and then you have the AHL below that. So Kansas City, the issue with them is that they have the NHL arena, but they don't know they have the demographics, the market size. You know, because Kansas City is not like a, a major television market, like big, like top 20, I believe. I'll have to Google it, probably take a look at that. But Kansas City, you know, the other concern is, you know, the money. Look at Vegas. They shelled $500 million to get it. And the owner at the time, Lamar Hunt Jr., he said he didn't want to pay that much. So Kansas City, I don't see it as expansion. I think Seattle is more likely. I think so, too. Um, especially because that's where NHL's made it clear that's where they want to go. To me, Kansas City is more of like a relocation option. And it just kind of depends. Like a reason article I'm reading from, um, this is from the, the Kansas City Star, they put it on here from NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. He said, and I quote, Kansas City has never been entirely off our radar screen. We have talked to potential interest stakeholders in the past, and it's certainly a market that in the right circumstance, including desired by our board and to entertain further expansion, our league would fairly validate and consider. So I think they're just keeping that option open yeah. just in case something happens. Because you never know. Uh, we know Carolina is also for sale too, so who knows what's going to happen with them. Um, but I think Kansas City is just going to be a backup plan just for somebody. Or if someone's threatened to move, it could be leverage. Who knows? The only bad thing about Kansas City is that they already have two professional teams there. They have Kansas City Royals and Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City already. And so spreading a city into three separate sports in a professional sport, it, it just... Seems like it's too much to me. It seems like they wouldn't have enough fans to go to those games. However, don't get me wrong. It, it, it might go over very, very well. It might go over gangbusters in Kansas City. But, you know, I think they need to kind of push the pedal on this one um, and just, you know, focus on Seattle for now. If Kansas City happens to open up and there is an opportunity there in the next few years, okay, then maybe we need to explore that. But uh, pump the brakes a little bit. I think that they already have two professional teams and a third professional team in one city is, uh, yeah, it's not the best idea. I don't think it's the best idea. So moving on, former Penguins forward Matt Cullen returns to the Minnesota Wild on a one-year deal. He is continuing his journey throughout the NHL, going to any team he possibly can get on. Um, but <laughs> it's going to be his 20th season as well. Yeah, it's going to be. He's been in the league for a long time. He was a predator um, last season, actually. He was the last player when it was the Final Four in the NHL um, Stanley Cup Finals, mm-hmm. uh, Stanley Cup Playoffs. Um, he was the only player to be on all four of those teams yep. at one point in his career, yep. which is crazy to think about. But uh, Matt Cullen has another shot of getting a possible Stanley Cup if he goes to Minnesota. So what do you think about this news? Well, I think it's a, it's a good move for, for Minnesota. Uh, Matt Cullen, he's, he's going to add a veteran presence to the team. And, you know, Minnesota, they, they didn't do bad this past season. They finished second in the Central Division. Um, they had 106 points. They lost the Blues in the first round. So... For me, I think with this move, it's going to help add more depth for the Minnesota Wild just to help carry them through it. Matt Cullen, he's a veteran. He's won Stanley Cups, so he knows what it takes to get your team over the hump into the Stanley Cup. In Minnesota, we know it's there's a reason why they call it the state of hockey. Those fans, they are diehard hockey fans, so they got to be excited about this. They really are. And, you know, Having that experience of winning the Stanley Cup, 
um, last year. It's going to definitely bring this veteran presence into the Minnesota Wild team. And in the locker room, he's going to be a great presence there in the locker room, have that leadership mentality. And, you know, hopefully they do do well um, next season against everybody else except for the National Predators um, since they're in the Central Division there. So we'll see what happens with the Minnesota Wild, but um, good luck to them and good luck to Matt Cullen for his uh, 20th season in the NHL. All right, Dylan. Now, for the New Jersey Devils, they announced today that their center, Travis Zijak, he will miss uh, four to six months. Um, he just recently had surgery on a torn pectoral muscle. Ugh. So, they said he's going to be out for at least half the season, it looks like. That just hurts me, just mm-hmm. to think about that injury. Yeah, and Zajac, he's done pretty well with the Devils. Um, he's coming off, he's 32, he had 14 goals and 31 assists this past season. Um, this is the 11th season with the team. He's been with the Devils since they drafted him in, in 2004. So, very important player. Hopefully, everything goes well and he has a speedy recovery. And we'll hopefully see him back um, pretty soon. Yeah, definitely. And some sad news coming out of the NHL today. Uh, former Senators GMN coach Brian Murray passed away. Um, so, all of our condolences go to Brian and his family and um, the Senators organization as well. That's very sad news coming out of the NHL. So once again, our condolences go out to that team and their family. So moving on to one of our segments of the week, uh, football recap of the week, and it's JT's, and it's all yours. Thanks, Dylan. All right, and as always, Out of Bounds, we are here to give you the latest update from the beautiful game. So I'm going to start with, as always, just recapping a couple of scores that account for throughout the week. So... On October, we had the Seattle Sounders take on the Sporting Kansas City. Um, Seattle Sounders won that game 1-0. Clint Dempsey, he scored his in the 36th minute, and that was his 50th career goal for the Seattle Sounders. Um, Seattle, they've been really well at home this season in MLS. They've only lost one game at home this season. So Seattle has been a, proven as a Central Link field with the Seahawks play. It's been a very difficult place for teams to come up there and get a win out there. All right, the next game was on August 13th. Toronto FC, they defeated... They defeated, excuse me, the Portland Timbers 4-1. to Toronto FC got goals from Justin Moore on the 58th, 76th minute, Victor Vasquez in the 72nd minute, and Marco Delgado in the 87th minute. Diego Valeri got a goal in the 90th minute to get one for Portland Timbers, but it's not enough. And Toronto FC, they keep up tossing between them and Chicago Fire as the top two teams in the Eastern Conference in MLS. For the LA Galaxy, another rough week. Uh, this past week, they lost to New York City FC at home 2-0 with goals from New York City FC. They had goals from Jonathan Lewis in the 54th minute and David Villa in the 73rd minute for the LA Galaxy. They are now winless in their last eight games at home, and that's now seven out of the last eight games where they haven't got a win. Ouch. All right. And then the game that happened a few days ago, the Montreal Impact, they got a win, a big win over the Chicago Fire 3-0 with goals from Ignacio Piatti in the 6th and 39th minute, and Matteo Mancaso got a goal in the 37th minute. So, big win for Montreal as they are going up the standings in the Eastern Conference. And then, of course, this past weekend, on August 12th, was the NPSL Championship. The Elm City Express defeated Midland Odessa 5-0. Elm City, this is their first year in the NPSL, and they are based out of New Haven, Connecticut, got their first win in the NPLC, our first championship in their first year. So congrats to those guys. That game was played at Yale University. All right, Dylan. So let's talk about a team that's been doing very well as of late, the Orlando Pride. The Orlando Pride, the ladies, they got a 
5-0 victory this past week against Sky Blue FC. Alex Morgan, she got two goals in this game, so she's been on fire since she's come back from uh, PSG. I'm sorry, not PSG, Olympic Lyon, excuse me, excuse me. So Alex Morgan, she got a goal in the 4th and 47th minute. Danielle Weatherfelt, Weatherholt, excuse me, she got a goal in the 43rd minute. And Marta, she got a goal in the 58th and 50, 53rd and 58th minute. So Orlando Pride, they've been on fire, and they are now one point. They're in fifth place right now in the NWSL, but they are one point behind the Seattle Reign for that playoff spot. So they are right there, Dylan, right there. So for a team that is close to the playoff spot to a team that is free-falling from the playoff spots, that would be our beloved Orlando City. The Lions, they had a game on August 12th against the New York Red Bulls. And again, Dylan, it's another loss. They lost to the Red Bulls 3-1. to uh, Carlos Rivas got a goal in the 18th minute, but then we gave up an own goal in the 30th minute to the Red Bulls to tie the game. And then Bradley White Phillips got a goal in the 60th minute to take the lead. And Sean Davis got a goal in the 80th minute to clinch that victory. Um, not good news for your boy Kaká. Nope. He apparently uh, shoves uh, one of the Red Bull players in the face, and the ref saw it. So he decided to give him a red card. Jeez. So he got kicked out the game. Of course he did. And Kaká, you know, he's trying to be funny. Like, oh, I didn't mean to. Uh, but the ref wasn't buying it. So he got sent off. So our captain's gone. So he will not be playing this game against the Columbus crew tomorrow. It's a big game against Columbus at home tomorrow night. I got some very good friends that are going to go enjoy that match. Nice. So for Orlando City, though, uh, it just hasn't been good. They have only gotten, like I believe, one goal in like the first 50 minutes in the second half, like once all season. So Orlando City, they're going to figure out something, man, because we got 10 games left. Ten games, and if they don't turn around, we're not going to the playoffs. Hashtag Phil yep. Rollins. I knew that curse. was coming. The Phil Rollins Hashtag curse. Hashtag Phil Rollins. It curse. is for real, guys. It is happening, and if this season keeps going south, someone's got to fall for it. I don't know who, but somebody's got to take the head coach. Definitely, definitely. All right, Dylan. We did have the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup semifinal between FC Cincinnati and New- the New York Red Bulls. We've been talking about them a lot this past couple minutes, so they're. Uh, FC Cincinnati, they were at home in Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium. And FC Cincinnati, they were up 2-0 excuse me, in that game. And the New York Red Bulls got two goals late to tie the game. And then it went to extra time where Bradley White Phillips got a header to clinch them a 3-2 victory. So for FC Cincinnati, look, you guys, I mean, deserve an applause. You guys went on a great run, made it to the semifinals. You guys should hold your heads up high. And as you said, you're going to probably be in MLS in a couple years. So be excited. You guys made history. However, you lost. So yes, they did lost. Do better next season. <laughs> so for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup final, it will be between Sporting Kansas City and the New York Red Bulls. That will be on September 20th. All right. On to some soccer news. So Neymar made his debut this past week for PSG. They played against Guignop, and they won that game 3-0. PSG, uh, for Neymar, he got a goal and assist in that game. The Premier League started this past weekend. Premier League, only really big notable game you had to know about was Chelsea. The defending champs, they were they lost 3-2 at home to Burnley. So it was a shocking result. I watched that game. That game was crazy. Uh, Liverpool-Watford, that was a crazy game too. Went 3-3. And then, of course, Manchester United, they put the hammer on West Ham United 4-0. And the latest transfer rumors going on right now. Well, it's worth being confirmed. Carlos Villa, he's going to LAFC. And then, uh, Lace Matuidi, he's leaving PSG. He's going to go to Juventus. 
Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was in the news this week. He was playing in the Spanish Super Cup against FC Barcelona, and the first leg he got uh, a foul, or basically he, he dived, and the ref decided to give him a yellow card, so basically two yellow cards is a red card, and he got upset, so he apparently gave the, the ref a, a, a light shove, not a heavy shove, but a light one, but the La Liga decided to uh, suspend him for five games. So he's going to miss, he missed the second leg for the Spanish Super Cup, but it didn't matter, Barcelona, or Barcelona lost, and Real Madrid won the Spanish Super Cup. So he's going to miss probably the next four games in La Liga. So doesn't matter there. Now, on to my games to keep an eye on this week. Don't forget, guys, we got La Liga starting up this week. The Bundesliga starts up this week as well. And Serie A, those European leagues, is starting back up. So it's good to see European football up again. And don't forget to check out Portland against New York Red Bulls. That's going to be cool going on later tonight. But as far as games keep an eye on this weekend, I recommend you check out Chicago Fire taking on Toronto FC. Again, the two top teams in the Eastern Conference going at it. That's going to be 8 o'clock Saturday night. And then my second game, I recommend you check out Sporting Kansas City taking on SC Dallas. That's going on Saturday night as well, 8.30 p.m. And then you got um, you know, BN Sports on Saturday night. You got the New York Cosmos and the NASL taking on Indy 11. That's going to be at 7.30. So if you get a chance, guys... Watch some soccer because next week we got college football and more American football. So we're going to be pretty busy. And that will conclude my football recap of the week. Now on to some rapid fire miscellaneous news. First off, owner Jeffrey Loria of the Marlins, the Miami Marlins, agrees to sell the team to Derek Jeter's group that includes Michael Jordan. So that's great news for them. On to the Arena Football League. Their playoffs were this weekend and the scores were Crazy. Um, Tampa Bay Storm, uh, 73 to 59, and with Cleveland. So Tampa Bay won that game. Philadelphia won 69 to 54 against Baltimore. And the Arena Bowl 30 championship game is set for August 26th. Tampa Bay versus Philadelphia in Philadelphia. So Philadelphia will have home field advantage in that one. Um, let's go over to some PGA news. Yep, Justin Thomas. He won the PGA championship this past week. Oh, at Quell Hollow. So that was awesome. And Disney, they, of course, we talked a little bit about them last week about them purchasing BAM Tech and what they're going to do. So I was reading an article and they were saying that for their more putting more money to invest in purchasing BAM Tech for baseball, they are going to give each baseball team around fifty million, uh, not to the team but the, the owners. So they get a little piece of that. Um, for the majority share that Disney bought for uh, Bam Tech in that deal. The players see none of that. No, the players will not get any money. None of that, nope. but the owners are getting $50 million apiece. So there you go. That's our miscellaneous news of the week. Now on to our newly named segment, uh, weekly segment. It is Uncle Bob's, Uncle Bobby's Scam Alert. So it's changed names a little bit, but it's still the same. So Uncle Bobby's on the phone with us, and Uncle Bobby, the microphone is all yours, sir. Oh, thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it, and... Uh... Happy to know this is week number two on the uh, Balls uh, Internet website out of uh, Cleveland. So I'm real the excited Balls to be on. Internet Balls Internet website. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I know. I just I like to have fun with it. But yeah, anyway. So anyway, um, so my scam, it's kind of weird. It's about that whole uh, women's soccer league with the uh, salary issues and stuff. Um, another um, player had to retire really young because of the salary issues. It was Maddie Evans. Um, she played for Orlando City, and basically she talked been playing about five years, and her salary for this year was only sixteen thousand. Now, if you just took into account the games she plays, that's not too bad for a game, but if you're talking over half a year, 
Um, so that's not a lot of money. Um, now they do subsidize their housing and things like that, but still, when you look at uh, other players and what they're getting, it's not the same. Uh, I know if the uh, ladies are coming from the national team, their salary is subsidized by the national team, so uh, they make a lot more money. Um, but I just don't understand um, if the league, this, I know this is about the, the second go-around for them, and supposedly they have better financing and funding, but if you look at the attendance, uh, I know for Orlando it's not very good. Um, you look at all the other teams, uh, they talked about Portland specifically. Um, they have 15 players on the team that are uh, paid by the league, and if you average it out, it could be about $21,000. Um, Orlando's is about almost sixteen, fifteen, seven fifty. if you look at that amount. So really that's not a lot of money. So I just think there's got to be another way for them to pay the ladies a lot more because if they want the soccer to exceed, if not on the same level as the men's, uh, close to it, they really got to uh, increase their salary. So I don't know how you all feel about it, but I just think that uh, that's not a lot of money to play for a sport that that type of game. No, true, and I agree. Uh, you know, and especially with the U.S. women's team, every single time they play an international play, they're much better than the men's team. So there, there is interest there. I think that with with soccer, that there's more interest in the men's sport than the women's sport, especially in America, because that's how it is with all sports. All sports start off when there's a very heavy fan base for the men's side of the sport but then on the other side there's a smaller there's a smaller fan base for the female side um, but it just grows and it grows at a slower pace than the men's side if that makes sense so as long as they start bringing fans into Orlando with the Orlando Pride for example um, as long as they bring in fans to those games I think that it will grow I think their salaries will grow too it just has it's a slow a slow start with these sports usually when it comes to the female side of things JT what's your opinion on this no, I hear you on that, Uncle Bobby, and I know the the women's teams, the women's national team, they've been fighting for so long. Because remember, Dylan, I think I don't know, was it last year where they're they're threatening to strike with the U.S. Soccer Federation and all that? And I hope Solo was and, really, yeah, uh, really a, a a strong voice vocal in that. about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. Soccer decided to they didn't give the women completely everything they wanted, but they kind of gave more a little bit more than what they were getting before. So. Um, I agree that you know the U.S. Women's National Team, they've done obviously a lot better than men. Uh, of course, the men, they've made changes to let your Klinsman go and Brian Bruce Arena. So they're trying to make a uh, funding. Hopefully, I'm hoping that the women's game will just improve and get better. And, you know, we don't have clubs folding because we don't need that in American soccer right now. And we just try to make it until 2026. I mean, that's kind of a target date, Uncle Bob, because that's when if the U.S. and Canada and Mexico get the World Cup, that's when it would start in 2026. So hopefully by then, we'll have the lower divisions all set up with the NASL, USL, and all these lower amateur leagues along MLS. And then for the women's game, you'll have the NWSL, very popular, and it can attract players from Europe to come over here to America and play. So that's what I would like to see. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that, Uncle Bobby. You want to add anything to that, Uncle Bobby, but that's, that's the way I see it going like dylan was saying it's just gonna take time you gotta build it up so let's move on to winners and losers bobby i will give you the microphone first okay so my winner is um uh, jimbo fisher the uh, head coach of florida state his son ethan uh basically um he grew up here for a while um his older brother had grown up for a while during the florida state uh championship run back uh, a few years back and cut his hair after that and so his uh younger son decided to try it 
for a different reason, and basically he decided to cut it to donate it to that Watch for Love, the, uh, you know, we're here for the uh, kids with cancer, to make wigs for them and stuff. Uh, now, the ironic part is his son has a uh, illness called Falcone anemia, which is a blood disorder, which affects the bone marrow. So it's uh, kind of ironic that he's helping kids with uh, hair loss and cancer issues when he has a, a medical issue himself. Uh, I myself, uh, whenever I finally retire, if I ever do, and I'm able to grow long hair, which I used to have a long time ago, not really long, I had a rat tail, you know, because I was born in Japan, so I had the honor of being born the year of the rat, you know. Uh, but what I'd like to do is um, grow hair after I retire, and I'll look funny with a bald head and everything, but uh, and then grow it long enough to be able to donate it myself to uh, the uh, Locks for Love uh, program if it's uh, still happening. All right, so on to your loser. Okay, so my loser would be um, this whole thing with the uh, sitting down for the National Anthem again. I mean, it's just gotten out of control. Uh, Michael Bennett from this, uh, yeah, the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks basically said he's not going to stand pretty much until, as he says, everybody's equal. Um, he feels that, you know, by not doing that, he's protesting not the flag, but uh, just trying to say that we're not equal, you know, for basically what happened with the Charlottesville incident um, with the statue and the uh, the uh, sad tragedy that happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. And um, I just feel really... I mean, some teams, the uh, owners have said you will stand. Some teams, the owner coaches are just taking a sideline on it. Uh, the NFL really hasn't pushed anything. I just would like to see basically the uh, television that covers the games do not put those players on camera. So it started with uh, Colin Kaepernick first, um, but basically, you know, all the other players don't want to do it. If you don't want to do it, that's fine, but just don't put them on camera. And just put the players that want to stand and the coaches, and if they don't want to have anybody that does, it show people in the field, on the uh, in the stands itself. Show the kids, you know, do they military there? Show them, and then, um, you know, and see how it goes from there. But I just wish to just just go away because there's no reason to be, uh, you know, doing what they're doing. But that's my uh, loser right there. Perfect. Uh, on to JT. JT, your winners and losers. So my winner this week is Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. Um, what he decided to do was when the Patriots won the Super Bowl and everything, um, as you all know, uh, Tom Brady, his mother, could not make it to the game. Uh, she was battling cancer. So what the owner, uh, Robert Kraft, did was he got uh, a Super Bowl ring for her. And uh, he gave the Super Bowl ring that they made for her in, in person to uh, Tom Brady's uh, mom. So I thought that was uh, really awesome. Uh, so I know the Patriots is like, you love him or hate him, but... For this moment, I will love him for doing that. So that was awesome. My loser this week is the New Orleans Saints, uh, their orthopedist. Their, uh, orthopedist. Um, I'm sure you guys heard about this, but apparently they misdiagnosed uh, Delvin Bro's injury. They initially said, oh, it was just a bruise. Uh, he just bruised himself, but he actually fractured his fibula, and he's going to need surgery. So... How do you say one man, oh, it's just a bruise. You know, he, he, he put him out in the field and play, and then he fractured fibula, and now he's going to be out for, like, probably half the season. That's, that's, a, that's a huge difference. So the Saints just, you're fired. Get out the door. So <laughs> Get out that's the what door. they did. So that's my loser this week. 
Wow, definitely. Um, so let's go on to my winners and losers. So my winner is Marshawn Lynch because he brought back his infamous press conferences. Um, on his latest press conference, it was actually yesterday, the reporters asked him about um, him sitting down during the national anthem. He said, look, we're going to address the, I want to address the elephant in the room. And uh, Marshawn Lynch's reply to that was, I think that elephant just left the room because a little mouse ran in here. Didn't they say elephants are scared of mouses or something? That mother bleep left. So it's great to see conference, press conferences like this. Um, there was another uh, question they asked. They said, um, last year, did you, miss play, did you miss playing football and being on the football field? And Marshawn Lynch replied, no. That's it. Just simply no. So uh, that's my winner this week. Uh, my loser this week is Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is an awful quarterback. I don't know why he's still on the football field. He should, I mean, he might be a serviceable backup somewhere, but as a starting quarterback, he needs a change of scenery or something from Jacksonville because he is not doing any favors for that team. And so that is my loser this week. Now, moving on to our final thoughts. JT, I'll start with you first. Well, my final thoughts, just just want to extend my, my condolences and thoughts and prayers to uh, all the loved ones that lost their lives in, in Barcelona with the terrorist attacks that happened uh, this past week. And um, just I'm glad to see Barcelona and, and Spain as a country u- uniting and uh, trying to get the, the city back up on its feet. Uh, Barcelona says they're going to wear black armbands. So that's neat. And they're going to do a moment of silence and everything. So just... Uh, you know they're saying I hate against terrorism stuff like that, so that's that's great. So just hope the the city uh, gets through this difficult time and uh, uh, bounces back. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely send my condolences as well to the country and to the city of Barcelona. Um, terrible tragedy there, and it's still continuing. So hopefully things will look up from here. Um, moving on to uh, Bobby, your final thoughts. Okay, so my final thought is uh, regarding you talked about earlier, but. Uh, Roberto Guagua, uh, if I pronounced the name wrong, I'm not real good at it. Uh, for the Bucks, the kicker who got, uh, he got waived, uh, basically, and then of course he got picked up by the Bears right away, so at least he's, uh, uh so far playing for this year. We'll see how far it goes. But I just, I, the whole story was, you know, remember they, uh, they, they drafted up to get him last year, uh, which is really unheard of for a kicker. Um, and his stats were not that good, especially for the long kicks on the actual field goal attempts. Um, and I think they just basically, when they got to the preseason and he just wasn't kicking, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent that they pretty much, I think just had enough of him. Cause I mean, last year is uh long balls. He was, uh, not even 50% for, um, over 40 yards on the field goal. So that wasn't, uh, you know, very good. So I just, I just don't know. I mean, it makes you wonder when some of these players uh, are drafted high up and, uh, it's not a normal position to go that high in the round, you know? So I just wonder if, uh, they learned their lesson or not, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But that's my final thought: is just uh, drafting up for a kicker. So perfect. Well, my final thought goes out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's very simple, Jacksonville. Fire Blake Bortles. Get him out of there. If you get him out of there, I can actually possibly be a fan of yours because I love cheering on a team in my home in my new home state. I guess you can say I love the Tennessee Titans, but I want to cheer for another team too. So when Jacksonville is not playing the Titans, I can cheer for them. Please, just please get rid of Blake Bortles. 
So thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Um, you can check us out on Twitter, on Facebook. Our Twitter account is OOB Podcast. Our Facebook page is Out of Bounds with Dylan James. You can also check us out on outofboundspodcast.com. You can listen to us every Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. on WBLZ Internet Sports Radio. And also uh, email me if you want to talk about suggestions for the show. Dylan at outofboundspodcast.com. JT, what is your social media handle? You can reach me, guys, at JTSocka88. That's at JTSocka88. You can email at jt at com. You can reach on my personal sports blog. It's www.jttosportsdie.com. Uncle Bobby, what is your Twitter handle, sir? Okay, so it's uh, Life is a Big Scam. Uh, every capital letter for the first word. So every first letter of the word is capital. Life is a Big Scam. And I just want to say that I'm still trying to learn how to Twitter. I put a couple out already, and I just want to tell you I'm excited to know that after I tweeted that we were welcome to the internet radio that they actually retweeted it and I, I was like oh my gosh i couldn't believe it i got the email i was like what the heck is going on here oh my gosh I, didn't know, awesome. you, I know i knew you could do that but it was just kind of funny but anyway so life is a big scam at uh twitter and uh i had a few followers kind of exciting i don't know who some of them are but i should find out soon awesome Sounds well great. Th- thanks for sending the show this week guys and we will talk to you next week What's up, sports fans? It's the coach, Mike Faber. This is Chris Sly, the fantasy guy. And we make up the fantasy fix every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. on WBLVSports.com. Other shows will tell you to start David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott. We told you that's who you were supposed to draft before the season started. Listen to us every week. We'll give you those fantasy picks that you can't find anywhere else to help you win your league that week. We don't have any funny accents here, but all we do is win. Listen to us and you'll do the same. We out. Send us out. Send us out, Chris Sly, the fantasy guy. That's all, folks. Better listen. Doug Peffer painting a pressure wash. He has over 30 years of painting experience. He's interior, exterior, commercial, or residential. Doug Peffer covers it all. Is your house looking ugh? We'll call on Doug. Doug Peffer painting a pressure washing. 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and get a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Pepper Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. What's up, everybody? This is Ren. And Webb. And Thump. We are the 8-Bit Bros. We are freaks, we're geeks, we're nerds, we're a tad bit irreverent, but you know what? We're variety. We call it like we see it. We're not afraid to tell each other or anyone else. Whoa, wait, wait. What? Family show. Uh, right. <laughs> That's only if you consider us family. That's a good point. Man, tell him where to find us. Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m., WBLZsports.com. Because we've got fault. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. 
For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. Coming to a stream near you, Beer Belly Sports. Listen to these drunk guys talk about sports for about 10 minutes and derail after that. Listen to Steve-O, Geoffrey, and Kaner every Sunday night, 5 to 6 p.m. right here on WBLZ. We've got balls. You're locked into 24-7 Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. You gotta keep them separated. 